Clear is a faster way into Capital One Arena. Download the free Clear app to beat the crowds on game day. Enter through the Clear Lane at the 7th and G Street entrance across from Clyde's. This is Caps This Morning with John Walton and Ben Raby on Caps Radio 24-7. It's a game day with Detroit in town tonight. Joe Beninati will join us. Our team preview segment continues today inside the Metropolitan Division with Carolina Hurricanes broadcaster Mike Maniscalco. And the direction of the Capitals franchise changed forever 17 years ago tonight. Good morning, everybody. It is Wednesday, October 5th. Welcome to Caps This Morning here on Caps Radio 24-7, presented by Clear the faster way in a Capital One arena. It's the Caps and the Detroit Red Wings tonight, the fifth of what will be six preseason games for the men of Peter Laviolette. Washington has won two and lost two so far. Most of the roster tonight expected to be what we'll see a week from tonight when the regular season opens against Boston. Joining us this morning to talk about camp and the looming regular season, Joe Beninati from NBC Sports Washington. We discuss prospects and veterans. Eric Gustafson, and where everyone could slot in at forward when it's go time next week. Well, a pleasant good morning to you, sir. Hey, we got a week to go. Game against Detroit, game against Columbus, and game on. Just give me your thoughts on camp here so far. It's been a bunch of guys who seem very versatile. There's not a ton of drama here. We think we know what this lineup may look like with a couple of tweaks here and there, but just your thoughts on camp here as we start to wind things down here in the next few days. I'm thinking that a lot of people are probably going to undervalue Washington at the beginning of the season, and I know that along with a number of Caps fans, I'm sort of hoping that they're going to prove everybody wrong. And when I watch them during camp, during whatever workouts or scrimmages and preseason games that we've seen leading up to the one tonight against Detroit, I still think that this team is very, very competitive. And I really like the way they moved in the offseason to create uh, and and fill some some holes, some vacancies that they're going to have. And with regard to illnesses to veteran players, key cogs like Backstrom and Wilson. So for me, I haven't seen any drama. I've seen a team that's been tuned in to what the coaching staff is preaching. I see young guys who are desperately trying to claw at perhaps whatever openings there may be in forward combinations. I think the D and the goalies are locked up, obviously. But for the most part, I've seen a really good group. Uh, I know it's a group that loves each other. I mean, they've they've been together for quite a while. The core has been together for an awfully long time and an awfully successful time. So these are the good days where everybody feels good, where nobody is uh, hurting or ailing, and there's no losing streaks to consider. So uh, I'm always very high on the team's prospects at this point in time. And then let's wait and see how things shake out in October and November. But uh, I think this team will start better than most people expect. We'll know the lineup for the game against Detroit later on this morning, but it forward it's going to be interesting to see who gets a lineup or who gets in a lineup this evening Alexei Protus has been terrific Connor McMichael's been a little bit quiet we've seen Henrik Slapier already get assigned to Hershey but all of those guys you figure are going to be in the mix at some point through the course of the season just a matter of who's going to start the year here and who's going to get the opportunity but Protus to me and watching him through the preseason 
amazed at the strides he's made from a year ago. Yeah, hard to miss, right? At 6'6 six, six and 230. And he's told us that he's invested a lot of time in his skating ability and in trying to improve upon that. And when you have a guy with that natural size, length, coverage area that he just has basically at 6'6", six, six, if you improve his skating ability, he becomes that much more impactful on the ice. Now, where do you put him? I know everybody's looking at that center spot and you're going, okay, if you do go Kuznetsov, let's say Strom, where are you going to put McMichael? Where are you going to put Protus? Because I think you're coming Lars and Nick Dowd in the three and the four spot. From what I gather, I just get the sense McMichael wants to play center. If he has to make the team at the wing position, I think he'll do that. With respect to LaPierre, I hope he goes and tears it up as a first-line center in Hershey and makes these decisions even more difficult. I like, I really like his offensive instincts. I think Connor's a heck of a player as well. Protus is making it more and more interesting, and they keep seeing things that they like. Obviously, they keep popping him into the lineup. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in there again tonight. It's just how much room do you have? And while you have the wiggle room that you do have with Nicholas on, uh, on long-term IR, are you going to put players, are you going to make these youngsters play out of position? They tell you, Connor McMichael tells you, I'm a natural center. Okay, young man, but you've got to make the team. If you're going to make the team, you're going to make it as a wing. And, you, and we hope that you're going to play well there or else we're not going to get you in the lineup. These are difficult decisions, but they're good problems to have. It's not just the kids. It's the veterans, too. Connor Sherry, where does he go? Anthony Manta, left or right? Who's on the third line? Where's TJ Oshie go? There's a lot of things to shake down here in the next week. Yeah, and then you got Connor Brown, who's Mr. Versatility, who can play everywhere in the lineup. And it's just, there's part of me that thinks Coach Laviolette and the staff wants Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, and Manta to click. Will it click? I don't know. But they want it to click because... Anthony Mantha on that wing has all the elements that you would want on a line with Kuznetsov and Ovechkin. But you can flip-flop anywhere. You can flip-flop, like you said, TJ. Does TJ go second or third? Depending upon how he feels, where he is physically, you know he wants to play on the top line. And oh, by the way, you could put him up there. So these are things where coaches... I think diff- think differently. I know they think differently than fans. We as fans sit there and keep drawing all of our line charts out and put them around. This works, this works, this formula. He's going to do everything possible to give everybody the best chance to play well, and he's going to experiment early on. And that means you're going to all of a sudden see, whoa, what's he doing on the fourth line? He doesn't belong there. There's obviously something in mind that has changed with respect to where he wants to put a certain player. And it may be for a night. It may be for a week. It may be, if it clicks, it may be for the entire season. But you've got to give the coach that flexibility, and and he's got it here. On the subject of D and the last one for you here, you can pretty much write it in because we said on the show yesterday, Faravari Carlson, yep. Orlov Jensen, yep. And then Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Eric Gustafson, I think, Really, from the day that Gus signed here, he's a guy who comes in on a team-friendly deal, a guy who scored 17 goals a few years ago, a 60-point guy for Chicago, coming in maybe with a little bit of untapped offense, and a guy that if you need, somebody gets dinged like a Carlson or Orlov at some point, can even run a power play. So I think we know the 6D and where they're going to look, right? He looked very comfortable. You're talking about Gustafson. Yes. He, he looks very comfortable running a power play, and he gives you a left-handed middle point guy, which changes the dynamic and the look a little bit. And I know the Caps fans want to see some changes changes and some wrinkles, more wrinkles in the power play performance 
Yes, they want to see it at 25% plus, but you want to see them doing some things differently. If you roll a left-handed middle point guy out there, that changes some things as far as far as where he looks first. And can you roll Mantha up into that one-time shot from that side, lefty to lefty, as opposed to what we often see Carlson to Ovechkin, righty to righty? Again, flexibility, options, the more the merrier. I, I do think Gustafson from... Just in talking with him briefly in the media scrums, he seems to be very composed. He obviously knows his way around the league. He knows his way around working a defensive pair with Trevor Van Riemsdyk from their days together in Chicago. So, yeah, it seems like it's a natural fit. Nobody's breaking up those top four, and, and for good reason. They've shown that they can handle a heavy workload and high-stress minutes. Uh, I think Gustafson Van Riemsdyk is probably your opening night third pair, and let's roll with it. See him tonight on NBC Sports Washington with Craig Lachlan, Joe Beninati joining us. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Anytime, my friend. You know that. Always appreciate the perspective from Joe B. here on Caps this morning. Switching gears and now back to our team previews today as we discuss the Carolina Hurricanes, a team derailed by the New York Rangers in the Stanley Cup playoffs. The Canes once again have their sights on a Metropolitan Division title. And the Caps and the Canes both have their sights on an outdoor game in February. Here now, my chats with Canes TV announcer, Mike Maniscalco. Absolutely, John. Uh, this offseason felt like it took forever and then five minutes all at the same time. So I'm, I'm ready for the season to start. Can we skip past the preseason and just get right to opening night in the NHL? I know that the coaches in the front office don't like to hear us say that, but I am ready for what should be a really good season, especially when you look at the Metro from top to bottom how good this division can be. Yeah, I'm all for uh, the games that count are always the ones that are my favorite. Uh, let's flash back to the end of last year. It was really the first time in four seasons under Rod Brindamore. There was some regression for the Canes, and it was a little, I thought, unexpected. Couldn't win on the road in the playoffs, end up losing to the Rangers in the second round in seven games. The special teams that were so good in the regular season fell flat. Not as much from Sebastian Ajo and Andrei Svechnikov as you probably needed. What went wrong in the playoffs and what was learned, what needs to happen, what should happen as we get into the regular season now? John, as, as you well know, when the Capitals tried to climb that mountain and win the Stanley Cup, sometimes there is an obstacle in your way. I won't name the team that was that for the, the Caps, but I, I get the feeling the Rangers might start to be that for the Carolina Hurricanes because I'll take regression in the playoffs if it means you win a playoff series, considering the Canes didn't make the playoffs for nine years, and now we're talking about a team that has gone for four consecutive. They've won the division two years in a row, even though it was the modified division two years ago of the Central. But for me, what happened, your best players have to be your best players in the playoffs. They, they cannot be outplayed by the opposing team's line at home or on the road. And that was just what was happening. And if you take a look, when the Canes went on the road, and Rod Brindamore couldn't get the Jordan Stall line out against the other team's bigs. That's when Boston had success. That's when New York really had success. Everything for the Canes has been a learning experience and a, a building block to get to this point. They addressed it again in the offseason. They need more secondary scoring. They learn from it. They'll be better for it. And uh, bringing in that Brent Burns guy from San Jose, I think might address that shoot problem with the Canes on the power play. 
Brent Burns. He's going to be 38 years old before this season is over. The numbers, not what they were earlier in his career, but he still has pretty good numbers. 10 goals, 54 points last season. Where does he fit in? And power play first and foremost, I would think, but where do you maybe see him at five on five too? He's going to play next to Jacob Slavin to start. And he is not your average 37, going to be 38-year-old. He is in the Rod Brindamore mold of working out. He is unbelievable when it comes to taking care of himself in the offseason, working out. This is a guy who, and I hate saying this because whenever you say these things, as you know, John, we're responsible for it then happening or the, the opposite happening, but hasn't missed a game since 2014. So you mentioned those numbers. He put those up on a San Jose team that was struggling for offense last year. So I take a look at what he could do with this Canes team, but he'll fit in next to Jacob Slavin. And the one thing is, is you've seen and people who follow the game, Jacob Slavin makes the guy next to him that much better because he allowed Dougie Hamilton to be an offensive weapon to jump up. And we saw what Dougie did in Carolina. Then he parlayed that into a big deal with New Jersey. Tony D'Angelo last year, that was the greatest symbiotic signing in the history of hockey. Tony D'Angelo needed to go to a place where he could go and just play hockey and not worry about anything else outside of it. The Canes needed a right shot defenseman for the power play. And it was a a million dollar marriage made in heaven for both of them. But then Tony being a restricted free agent was his right to ask for a certain deal. The Canes weren't really sure they were going to get to that. So they move him on to Philadelphia, but Burns will come into Carolina. And I think that he will fit in seamlessly on that top pairing. He's a pretty good defenseman too. I think we always get caught up in the offensive numbers with Brent Burns, but he'll play alongside Jacob Slave and he will court quarterback power play one and you know what else he is he's a veteran who's never won the cup john they're going to put him in that locker room and he's going to tell the guys you know for some of the younger guys this opportunity doesn't last your whole career you got a shot when the window's open we've got to go for it so it's going to be one of those personalities that the team needs to because everything that uh, i have been told about him and we all know about him and in a few early off-season meetings with him He's got that personality that he just, he lights up the room. He knows what to say. He knows what to do. And I think that he's going to be the guy that you look at for the Canes. And they didn't have to give up much from their NHL roster to get him and much from the farm system to get him. They gave up a good goaltender and they gave up a player in Stephen Lawrence, who I, I really like. But this is a good opportunity for Steve where he can move up and maybe get some more minutes in San Jose that weren't going to be available in, in Carolina. But Burns, if you look at, give me a need and tell me a player, forget the age of what a player does that the Kings needed to replace D'Angelo. Brent Burns checked every box. Capitals will be in Raleigh on Halloween night. That'll be the first of four meetings. The other trip to Raleigh, however, will be legendary for both teams. There will be an outdoor game, NHL Stadium Series, Carter Finley Stadium, coming up on February 18th, right next door to PNC Arena for those who may not be familiar with the terrain and for those who may want to make the trip. The wrinkle for this one that has never happened in an outdoor game before is there are going to be fans on the field in a tailgate NASCAR-like scenario My goodness, how much fun is this going to be? This is going to be unbelievable. And the one thing that Raleigh has done, John, every time they've gotten a big event, be it the draft, be it the all-star game, this area shows out for it. And this is going to be nuts. You know that you've called games here. I was actually going to call you for tips on this one. How do we handle it? Because we do the simulcast, so I'll have the radio portion of the broadcast. I won't be able to enjoy that NASCAR tailgate. You've been around this area, too, and in the playoffs, you see how crazy it gets out in the parking lot. That is going to be one of the most festive, and I will use that term, with the wink wink uh festive crowds i think the nhl will ever see 
uh, based on everything that's going on to it. But this is something that this area, ever since the first Winter Classic, when the Sabres played Pittsburgh in it, people down here were talking about, you know, we have a football stadium right across the street. We would love an, an outdoor game. Now it's been delivered. And they've waited a couple of years for this because, remember, it was supposed to happen during the COVID season and it got put on hold. And now uh, it's going to be about 56,000 of uh, everybody's closest friends who are. And by the way, I can't get anybody tickets before anybody tries to ask or reach me on Twitter. Uh, that's not not my department, but it's just going to be a great atmosphere. It, it really is. And the one thing for me that'll be, I think, even better is the way that Carter Finley is built as a college football stadium. Those upper deck seats, they're going to hang close. So you're there's not going to be a really bad seat to watch the game. And it's also about the event, the atmosphere that'll be there. Oh, and two really good teams. So I know that the Caps, this is old hat for you guys playing in outdoor games. But I think that this is the best opponent because you want a little bit of that rivalry, a little bit of that flair that goes with it. You want the game to mean something. And these two teams, you know, the the Canes are trying to establish themselves as the elite of the division. And the the Caps, I know, are going to come in and go, hey, remember us? We're pretty good and we're we're not going away anytime soon. And I just love all the tie-ins with the teams. Peter Laviolette behind the bench for for Washington for this one, coming back to the place where he won the cup across the street. So it's just so many tie-ins to it. Can't wait to get to it. It feels like it's going to take forever to get there on February 18th, but it is going to be one outstanding, outstanding event for everybody who goes. Yeah, we are very much looking forward to it here. I know a lot of Caps fans are looking forward to making the trip. It's going to be one terrific night of hockey Saturday, February 18th, Carter-Finley Stadium in Raleigh. Mike Maniscalco joining us here this morning, talking about the Canes. We will see you soon, sir. Halloween night, first of four, as the Canes looking to stay on top in the Metro. Thanks for joining us. Always a pleasure, John. Thanks so much for having me on. There it is, your look at the Carolina Hurricanes with our friend Mike Maniscalco. 17 years ago tonight, a fresh-faced rookie took the ice for the first time at MCI Center, and none of us have been the same since. Dinas, Zubris spins, Ovechkin fires, he scores! Alexander Ovechkin, welcome on board! Well, that is called pulling the trigger, and this youngster hammers it home. What a first goal for Alexander Ovechkin! That Joe B. and Craig on then known as Comcast Sportsnet, his NHL debut, a thundering hit on his first shift, and a goal that beat Columbus goaltender Pascal LeClaire for his first NHL goal. Alex Ovechkin, 17 years ago tonight, his first of what now stands at 780 when the season begins next week. Coming up on the show tomorrow, Ben and I are going to break down the game with Detroit. Ben also will be chatting with Darcy Kemper. Game coverage tonight on NBC Sports Washington and Caps Radio 24-7. CapsRadio247.com. We get going at 7 o'clock. Have a great game day Wednesday, everybody. For the latest on the Capitals and hockey news around the clock. Let's go, Caps! Tune in to Caps Radio 24-7. Listen online via the Capitals mobile app at CapsRadio247.com or ask Alexa to play Caps Radio 24-7 on TuneIn.